Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network, and thanks for joining us today. I am Michelle Beck. I'm a two-time, nine-year survivor of breast cancer. I'm the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends, and when I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. Today, I am honored to have three amazing women as my guest, Andy Jarvis, Marianne McNally, and Debbie Volstyke. Each of these women lead one of the girls' night out groups, or as we call them at Breast Friends, the GNO groups, here in Oregon to connect, share interests, and make new friends. We are so thankful to have you all as an integral part of our organization, and I'm just really thrilled to have you all here today. And since there are a lot of us here today, I'm going to introduce and talk to you first one-on-one, and then we're going to dig deeper into how these important types of groups and connections are to women who've been impacted by breast cancer or really any type of cancer, just finding people who, who understand what you've been through and fostering that connection and support is as as we all know, it's so important. So I'm going to start with Andy, who is the leader of our East Multnomah County GNO. And I know she's been around for a long, all of these women have been associated with Breast Friends way longer than I have. So they have just so much experience. So um, Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself and how how you found, you know, or just first give us, tell us, tell us about you. <laughs> Okay, real good. Um, I am the mother of two adult men and four grandchildren. And, um, and I started my breast cancer journey in 2015. Prior to that, um, I have been a real estate broker since 2008, and before that, worked in the healthcare industry for about 22 years. I had been caring for my mother, who was suffering from Parkinson's disease, and I had not had healthcare insurance for a number of years. Mm. So when I finally got coverage, I approached my doctor and she said, so first thing we need to do is get you in for mammograms. Mm -hmm. So I went and had my mammogram and they immediately said that they were seeing something. Not what you want to hear at all. (laughs) Not not what I wanted to hear, but I honestly, I was not the slightest bit concerned. Um, call it denial or or whatever, but um, I had had my children young. I had never taken hormones. Um, I just really didn't think that I was at any kind of risk other than the fact that I was a female. So... They said that they wanted to schedule an ultrasound and biopsy. 
And so I went in for that the following Tuesday, having had a couple of friends that had said, please let me go with you. And again, I was in complete denial. Like, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I can handle it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And definitely did not have any concerns at all. So here's my first warning to people. When somebody offers to go with you, accept it. (laughs) That is good Uh, advice. I went by myself and I had the biopsy, which I had thought was going to be no big deal. And it was honestly really difficult Mm -hmm. And, um, and found myself in tears all the way home. And that was the first time it kind of became real for me. I completely understand that. And I'm sure listeners out there, if you've been through the, the breast biopsy, it is no joke. And they, they do not tell you other than, oh, you might, it might sound like a staple in your chest. And, but there's, there's so much more that goes into that. And it's a really difficult journey. And um, thank you for sharing that, Andy, because it's, so many women, I think, feel the same way. And when did you find Breast Friends as part of your cancer journey? About three days before I was to start my chemotherapy treatment, they had the um, Susan G. Komen Walk for mm-hmm. Life. And I went and walked and, um, and was full of energy and feeling fantastic and went to one of the booths, which was the breast friends booth. And um, they had you fill out a card if Mm -hmm. you would like to get some correspondence from breast friends with a little bit of information on it and so on. And I filled that out and really didn't give it a second thought. Um. I went through my chemotherapy and then my radiation after the, the surgery and everything. And um, I was really at my absolute weakest and lowest mm-hmm. at that point and had gone through a couple of personal big, big, big issues. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got a call from um, Sharon at Breast Friends, and she said, you know, we didn't get back to you on this at the time, but we're here now. Where are you at? What are you doing? How are things going? What can I do? And, uh, and I just blubbered. As we all do, the first time we're really introduced to them, I was a similar situation myself. I actually walked in to become a volunteer because I needed to do something. I was post-treatment and I cried for an off cried for an hour in Yvonne's office. So the the tears are definitely part of the introduction process. (laughs) Absolutely. Sharon invited me to go to a um, thriving beyond cancer retreat at the coast Mm -hmm. and I went and I carpooled with a couple of other women who have ended up being 
part of my little network of my, uh, what I call my pink ribbon journey. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just such an amazing time to hear other people who were far more professional than I, a doctor, um, an attorney, um, who all felt like their life was so dramatically changed, they didn't even know if they could go back to what they had done. Yeah, cancer knows no, it doesn't care what you do, what color your skin is, who you love, it affects, it can affect everyone. But literally, I'm sure I've done the Thriving Beyond Weekend, and it really gives you that immense connection. And especially to have being able to connect with those women who, you know, diagnose at similar times, they become your pod as you move forward. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And how long have you um, how long have you hosted the, the girls night out group? Um, I was about six months out from the end of my treatment and had gone through the retreat and Sharon asked if I would be willing to consider. She's she's, she's very persuasive. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. Awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for sharing. And I'm, we're definitely going to get back with some more questions, but I want to move on next to Mary Ann. She is the leader of our Salem Girls Night Out. And so what can you share us a little bit about um, what you do uh, other than cancer? Because that is, you know, not our entire lives. Um, I know you have a lot going on with work and your father's book and just or all of the things. So share, share with us a little bit. Thank you for having us on here today. I really appreciate being able to share about our groups. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2009 with invasive lobular breast cancer stage three. Um, I had a um, um, full-time job at the time. I, I also sell real estate. I'm a principal broker here in Salem. And so Obviously, you know, it takes a lot of work to go into battle against breast cancer. So I ended up taking um, nine months off from work so that I could concentrate on, excuse me, feeling better and and getting through this. And so I did um, a bilateral mastectomy on December 31st of 2009. So out with the old and in with the new mm-hmm. and got reconstruction. <laughs> so by the 1st of January, I, I was a new woman. And uh, so I, from there, had chemotherapy after um, all the chemo. I had six months of chemo. After that, I had radiation. And um, when I, so it probably in July of 2010 was when I was completely, no, it was August of 2010. I was completely done. And um, started easing my way back into real estate and getting back into it full time. Then in 2015 was when I found out that it metastasized to my bones. So that's been going on um, for six years. Um, It's pretty extensive in my bones. And so I respond really well to radiation. So when I get a spot that is painful and giving me a hard time. 
I call my radiation oncologist and she gets me in and we zap the little thing and stop it from growing. So I... Yeah, you wouldn't you would never know that you are metastatic because you're you thankfully you respond well to the radiation. You're busy with work. You're busy with GNO. As I said, you you're promoting the book about your father. Um, we're going to give give a shout out for that. What's it called? <laughs> it's called Saving My Enemy. And it's it's a quick little story. It's it's a story about my dad who was in World War Two. Um, and he was depicted in the miniseries Band of Brothers that aired in um, 2001. And we ended up um, writing a book about his friendship with a German soldier that he fought against during the Battle of the Bulge. I love that. That's about. Thank you. And when did you find breast friends in this process? So actually, I didn't find them. My husband found them. So he's the one that. Love it. As I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, in bed with the covers over my head wanting to forget everything and pretend like there's nothing going on. He started Googling and looking for support and mm-hmm. people to talk to. And so um, it was Sharon also mm-hmm. that I um, ended up connecting with. And um, just at first it was just emails and, and talking on the phone and, and things like that. Basically whenever I needed to run something by somebody, because I didn't have anybody in my life that was going through breast cancer uh, my mom had died in 2006 from breast cancer, but it would have been wonderful if she still had been there that I could have of course her brain a little, mm-hmm. but that wasn't to be. So, yeah. So it was my husband. That I love it. that finding different ways. And <laughs> how long have you been hosting the GNO group? So this January, it'll be eight years. I love it. it. That's awesome. And Thank you so much. Yeah. And I was the one that went to Sharon and asked to do the the um the meeting because mm-hmm. I I needed it it was it was totally self serving I needed to meet other women that had breast cancer and mm-hmm. that were going through what I was going through so that's how that all came to be I love it thank you so Debbie we're going to move on to you now you lead our Western Washington County group tell us a little bit about yourself um I have uh, two daughters one's married and one's getting married here next August of 2022. Um, happily married, um, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer, stage two, um, ductal carcinoma with lobular features on October 1st, 2007. And my sister was diagnosed the day before. Oh, God. And we both told our mom on the same day, on October mm. 1st, 2007. She said, are you trying to give me a heart attack? <laughs> yeah, she was really, she was upset. And I'm like, well, what's wrong, mom? And she's like, it was a second daughter in one day. Oh. Like, what? <laughs> and I had no idea that my younger sister was even getting chest tested and checked out. And we were both in our forties at that time. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So uh, of course that led to genetic testing. And so we have the BRCA1 gene mm-hmm. and um, Marianne made me feel really positive because my brother was diagnosed with prostate cancer in um, November and of course, it has already metastasized to his bones. And so he's been going, doing oral chemo and stuff. And so hearing that Marianne's been fighting this since 2015 makes me feel really good because he's been doing really well with what they have been prescribing for him for his, um, you know, the cancer in his bones and stuff. And he's been doing well with that. That's great. And when did you, how did you find Breast Friends? 
I found breast brands um, after I finished everything um, in 2009. I think it was September 2009. Um, my daughters and I did a Susan Jacobin walk in Lake Andrea. <laughs> we mm-hmm. found breast brands at the Susan Jacobin walk, and there was a booth, and we got to talking with the ladies, and and we really liked everybody, and and were impressed and thought it was fun. And I got involved with breast friends right after that and started volunteering, I'd say at least by 2010, because I got, Emily and I kind of got hopped in with both legs, you know, mm-hmm. just and started doing stuff for them. Yes. Now you mentioned Emily, your daughter, she's a, we call them pre-vivers. So she, I'm guessing she's also genetically positive. Yes, she was. So I know she has made some really good connections with our young warrior group and yeah. d- they just ran, they've, they're working on marathons and, you know, a lot of fitness stuff and it's fabulous. I, I love our organization that we can literally have groups where mothers and daughters um, can find different niches and good tribes that really fit them well. So that I think that's important. And how long have you been leading our uh, your GNO group? I think I figured since 2014. I'm thinking if Marianne must have put the bug mm-hmm. in Sharon's ear, because <laughs> Sharon approached me mm-hmm. right after I had retired from my full-time job back then. <laughs> well, it seems like you're still working all the time. So you're, you're all incredibly busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I went back to work after I retired because I was really bored. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we do need to take a short break. And but when we come back, we're going to really dig into what these groups do and the support and the sense of community they provide. Um, Listeners out there, you can make a donation on our website or by texting BF radio to 41444 to help breast friends continue on its mission to ensure that women do not go through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com.
You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our show. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guests today are the leaders of the Breast Friends Girls' Night Out Groups. And we've been talking about how they found the, our support organization and the importance of connection after treatment. So let's let's talk about really the importance of groups like these and dig into it. Personally, I didn't even know that I needed this connection until I walked in the door to volunteer. It wasn't so much like, oh, I need I need support and I need women. But wow, I don't know how I made it through treatment without. I was I was really suffering, and I learned that after I walked through the door that I was not the only one and there are women out there who get it and it can be incredibly helpful. Um, Does anyone have any stories of like early connection they want to share with, with either women they met at breast friends or through other, other support avenues? Marianne, I'm going to go with you. So when I very first started the support group, um, I, as I said earlier, I, I was the one looking for the support and luckily, our our oncology office in Salem was very good about handing out flyers to their patients. And so we started off with a nice size group of women. And we call that that group, that's our, like our core group. So mm-hmm. that was the group that we started with. Um, and and these are all women that I never, I never would have met them otherwise. There, we have, well, I shouldn't say that. There are two women in the group that I went to high school with. So that's, oh, that's a little bizarre. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but we, the rest of the women, I, I never would have known. And they are all women that are just wonderful in, in every way possible. They're, they're wonderful. They're supportive. They're always there for you. Um, I, I take a, a chemo pill. And um, so when I first started taking it, one of the other girls in our group had already been taking it. And so it was nice to be able to hear from her how, it worked for her and what she was going through and, and kind of get from her some heads up on it. Cause there are mm-hmm. some things that oncologists can't explain everything to you. I mean, they don't have enough time. So these women really help with filling up that time and talking about things that you don't talk to your oncologist about. Um, we, one thing that I wasn't planning on happening is dealing with somebody dying that was in our group mm-hmm. and the first time that happened it it literally shook us all to the core for about six months we yeah. had a really hard time moving on and getting past and and dealing with it and we were very involved with her we were involved with her death mm-hmm. and it was just very, very difficult. We've since then had a second gal who died um, maybe about a year and a half ago. And, and I felt like we were better prepared that time to mm-hmm. handle it. We, we went through it, talked about it. We did a class together actually in my backyard and we painted nice. rocks because mm-hmm. it was COVID. And so right. we couldn't meet, but we all wanted to get together. And this gal that had passed away loved to paint rocks. Yes. And so we all painted rocks in honor of her. And so those are things that we do together. Um, we've, we've, we've just created these friendships that are, are just strong. I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. 
they're they're very we're very connected. Yeah. Now you you guys all I'm sure you have core groups now, Mary, um, Debbie. You've been doing this also for a really long time. Do you have like a, just the the core connection, or is do you have some turnover in your groups? We've had some turnover because we have a core group too, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it keeps changing every so often. Like somebody else will hop in that helps me the the most or with things that happen. And we kind of keep splitting off with different ladies all the time too, because some of our ladies like to do smaller groups because they're not at ease sometimes Mm -hmm. when there's a bunch of ladies. And so we have a bunch of like side groups kind of too. So we got several things going in our group. And then like Marianne said, when you lose somebody, we hadn't lost anybody until 2021 this year. And we lost two of our ladies all yeah. of a sudden. And so that's been really rough. And I have I did make an announcement to, you know, most of our ladies. It was only the core group that knew about their passing. And sure. then we'd have an event and they'd start asking questions. Hey, hey, what happened to such and such? And like, oh, she passed away, I'm afraid. It, and then we'd it, talk about it. The last 20, 20, the last two, 18 months, aside, aside from a global pandemic, we've, we've lost, unfortunately, a lot of women. And from everything I've heard before this time, it wasn't like this. And unfortunately, just, just there's many circumstances that are leading to it. But, you know, I think it's super important to have these groups to be able to talk about, you know, what what is what is happening because it it is a it, yes, it is a normal part of life, but it stinks. And just being able to have that support and being able to cry together and work it out together is huge. Um, now, I like I've been associated with Breast Friends for four years, and you guys have all been around way longer than I have. And you're busy. Like, what what keeps you going? Set you know setting these every month and thinking of of activities or or different people to come do it. I know there's been like you know just a lot of fun things. Now, um, I'm sure this is something that you look forward to every month, Andy. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. What is, what is your favorite part of your monthly meetings? Prior to COVID, I'd say it was yeah. just the the gathering and sharing a meal together and catching up on one another's lives. Um, since the pandemic started, um, it's kind of nice because we've been able to include people who had possibly some travel issues and have Mm -hmm. a hard time getting to a meeting. So having it on Zoom has been a little bit more helpful for people who maybe even are in such a sensitive stage of their treatment. Sure. That being able to be around others would not have been wise anyway. Exactly. You just literally answered my next question was like, how have your meetings changed in the last year since the pandemic? And, but I I completely understand, especially too, I'm sure some women in your groups are in treatment and they're immunocompromised. And so they would not be, you know, comfortable even in a normal setting. Um, So Marianne, how have the, um, I know you started to go back to in person a little bit. Is that correct? Yes, we did a little bit just over the summer month, um, mm-hmm. summer months. So yeah. we got together in in my backyard. Um, I think we've done it three or four times. Mm-hmm. And now that the weather's changed, we've gone sure. back to Zoom, which I can see going forward, even when we get back to mm-hmm. regular in-person meetings, I could see still having Zoom 
be a part of it for women who are not living close by. Uh, we've had one gal who lived here and then moved away. And she said, I wish I could still come to the group. I really miss the group. Well, mm-hmm. now that we have Zoom. You can. <laughs> you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that we have this whole new world opened up. So that, that's been a really a nice way to look at a challenging situation was that it did provide um, some some other people to to join us. Now there there are people that don't want to do it, sure, and they will not come to a, a Zoom meeting. They only want to do in person. So we've missed some of those gals for a while, sure. And it was very fun this summer to have a have a meeting, you know, outside where we could all see each other and and catch up with those gals that we haven't seen for a while. Yeah, I completely understand that. I I was really struggling a lot with all of the Zoom meetings and the Zoom workshops and support groups because one thing that really fuels me is is literally the hugs and the positive in-person affirmations from people. So I was definitely struggling and you know, thankfully I, I can do this now, which is not the same, but I still I feel like I'm being able to reach a good, you know, good amount of people, thankfully, um, you know, and hopefully we'll be in getting back to some in-person workshops soon in our new office, which is so exciting. Um, so, Debbie, how do you feel like when, like, say you get new patients, because you said you did have some turnover. And what does it feel like to be able to help a new patient who's coming in probably pretty lost and looking for support? That's what we let, we always ask, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself or your journey or any questions you have of us. We always ask them if they have questions that if any of us have gone through any of their experiences that we might have some advice possibly. And if not, of course, we direct them to breast friends or say we'll find somebody. And, you know, part of it is just listening because that's part of, you know, just hearing their story because everybody's story is different too. And so that's always important. And um, yes, it is, um, you know, and it's wonderful that Breast Friends has all these different resources, too, which we bring up to them, too, if they want to try it or if they are more comfortable. Sometimes they want to talk more on one-on-one. And so there was, like, me and when Ginger and I were doing it together, mm-hmm. we would meet with them together because we usually always went with one other person, always yeah. at least two of us all the time if, you know, we wanted because we had some that wanted to meet individually. Like Marianne said, you got some that do not want to Zoom. Mm-hmm. have some that um, do would rather Zoom because they feel safer. And so we have all those different people. So we've been trading off. We've been going back and forth too between the in-person and Zoom. And when we do it, though, it is usually outside and like at picnic tables where we had a church and mm-hmm. a restaurant when we uh, were able to go in the restaurant for a little bit. <laughs> yes. So. Now, I, I know from, from experience, um, it's not all about the cancer. I mean, yes, it's important to be able for, for people to talk about it or ask questions, but I would imagine a lot of this is a, a lot of relationship building. Um, Andy, I'm, can you talk about that a little bit, how you've just developed these relationships, like you said, with your, your pink ribbon group over the years? Absolutely. So what I found, and I tend to call myself somewhat of just a facilitator or a host mm-hmm to our meetings because um, one of the first things I tell any new person that's coming into our group is that um, I am no wiser. (laughs) I have no more 
experience or knowledge than anybody else here. And what this group is about for us is getting together and just sharing. We talk about our families and our kids and our grandkids and our siblings and and our um, you know our work life and the difference between the relationships that we have within our group and those that maybe we have outside of our group with folks that have not experienced what we've experienced is that we know where the scars are. Mm-hmm. We know that that there's a difference. We know that taking any of the um, Arimidex or Tamoxifen or whatever, some of us are achy. And so we kind of, we know where the shadows are and others don't necessarily have that experience. So it's, it's been, it's a closeness that you just can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely have found that for, with, with people that I have met through breast friends, because it's, it's, you just, you find your people and you, you love them hard and keep them close. And it's, it's like you were, I, I liken it to friendships that we made when we were, when we were children and teenagers, because you find those really close connections. And as an adult, sometimes it's more challenging to find real quality friendships. But I have found that the women I've met along this journey, um, it's just such a deeper a deeper connection because you've been through something incredibly scary and still maybe going through it. But I know it is not all about the cancer. So um, now Debbie, you guys did a, a, a stained glass class. Was that last a couple of years ago? That was right before COVID. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We, I didn't think it was um, that long was ago. A fused glass class. A yeah. fused glass. Okay. And then we also did a D, D, DIY class where it's a, it was a wood tray we made and decorated it at a place in Hillsboro. That was the one you might be thinking of. That was more recent because that was mm-hmm. during COVID. And so it wasn't very well attended though, because, you know, we had to sure inside, but the doors were open, of course. And we had lots of room because we need lots of space for what we were working on anyway. So worked out well. But, yeah, um, no, I really wanted to come to the glass class, but it was full. <laughs> that was a fun one. And Marianne, you guys have done um, like book club type things, haven't you? Yep. We've talked about um, books. Uh, we have talked about movies, like suggest, you know, movies for each other to watch. Um, we've done an actual canvas painting class. And it was one where she, it was a guided, where she guides you through visualization Mm -hmm. and um, painting what's in your head and how to get that out. Um, We've had guest speakers on um, since COVID. We've had guest speakers on our Zoom. So we have had the counselor from the Salem Hospital come and talk to us. We've had the dietitian from the Salem Hospital talk to us. Uh, we had a gal who sells um, cleaning products oh, that mm-hmm. are they're no are chemical free, and and that's something that you know we we talked about at one point. And I said, well, hey, I know somebody, and we can have her come and talk to us and talk about the 
the effects of, of chemicals that we clean with. So we've, I always ask the girls towards the end of the year, you know, what do you want to do? What, what, who do you know? We've done an estate class where this gal knew an attorney and she did estate planning. And so she came on and talked to us and then she gave us all discounts if we did <laughs> our estate planning with her. That's good. Um, Cause that's yeah, not cheap. You know, it was just, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. And, and so we've had lots of variety, you know, they all come up with one or two things that, you know, they, they would like to do. And, the past couple of years, we haven't gotten everything done that was on our list just because it was a little different couple of years, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're still there. So once things start opening up more and we can do more, um, we have that there to to do. So we, we, I know the girls for us have, for my group have said um, they like talking to people who get it and all of the girls in our group, they get it doesn't mm-hmm. matter, you know, it could be about cancer, could be about dealing with your life with your friends. Now that you have cancer, your life with your husband, your life with your kids, they all get it. Yeah, it is because that, that definitely changes. Everything changes in your life once you have cancer and having that is so important, but we do need to take another quick break. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind our listeners that I am putting together Warrior Stories episodes. So email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org with your stories of inspiration, what helped you through your cancer journey, or how your life has been changed for the better since cancer. My email is michellebeck at breastfriends.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to our show. I'm Michelle Beck, and my guests today are the leaders of the Breast Friends Girls' Night Out groups. We've been talking about how important it is to have these connections and make the friendships, and it's really not all about cancer. So, Andy, can you tell us some some things that your group might has, has done over the years? Absolutely. So, we have people that are kind of involved at different levels, and I'm sure all of us have experienced that, but um, we have gotten together and made um, kind of the flame lanterns that um, that you can put up, and uh, we made those and decorated them for um, another walk that was going to be happening <laughs> for lighting up the um, path at night. Nice. I, like, I don't know what those are, but it sounds fun. So I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> it was really fun. And another thing that just really meant an awful lot to all of us is that um, two years ago, I had put together um, a bunch of beads and learned how to make a bracelet that when you put the beads in a certain order, it spells out hope in Morse code. Oh, that's awesome. And we did that project the night before I was headed to Europe. And when I came back, I got a call from one of the other gals in the group saying that one of our kind of our, you know, founding members um, was in hospice mm. and, um, and she had been with us and done the bracelets with us three weeks before she passed. Oh, so that, that really gave her that sense of community all the way until the end. And I'm sure that you all kept in touch and connected and, you know, and sent her lots of, you know, lots of love in that time. It was a very short time between when we found out and when yeah. she passed, but it meant so much to us and so much to her. Oh, I'm sure it's, as, as we said, it's been the, the last, the last time frame has been rough for our organization and we've lost so many, but I think, as I said, it, it just draws everyone closer. Um, so I'm kind of kind of jump into something different. If so, if time or money were no object, what would you do for big dreams with your group, Debbie? Gosh, I'd probably do um, like craft projects because I think our group enjoys doing that, and we enjoy going to like restaurants or like like we met at Starbucks one time. That that was during COVID too. We met at Starbucks. We did like a big circle where we're all like six feet apart, and they let us do it right outside Starbucks on the sidewalk in the covered area. It was kind of fun, but yes. And, you know, having stuff like that where, you know, it's paid for and don't have to worry about, um, but I don't have that big of dreams, but we love doing <laughs> like that fused glass was wonderful, but mm-hmm. you know, it's expensive. <laughs> yes. Anybody else, Andy or Marianne, you have, you have hopes and dreams of things you could do with your groups. Yeah. Marianne. I would love to have everybody go to the beach, rent a big house at the beach and just take everybody and spend not just two days, maybe four days, just a long weekend together. And, and I think when you, like, I've never done a, um, 
one of the the um, overnight groups. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did it, it was it was just two days, and you did it at like we did at the Salem Hospital. So you didn't you didn't sure. have this time after the class to really connect. And I and I think if we could all, it would be fun all together, take a trip somewhere together, and just hang for four days with nothing to bother us, you know, no schedules, no, you know, phones ringing, no kids saying, mom, mom, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. So it, it would be nice if we could just all go away together. I love that. What about you, Andy? Same with me. I, I actually asked some of the gals from our group what their dreams would be. And they also mentioned going to the coast together having a, a house where we can just um, enjoy time together, mm-hmm. maybe take some memorable walks. Um, they mentioned about maybe going to a concert mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Um, or a trip to the Oregon Gardens. Something like that would be an awful lot of fun. Yeah. And it really like, it's funny. None of these things really have anything to do with cancer. It's literally just, it's what brought you together, but you've created this, this special safe place for your, you know, your members, but your friends really like, like Andy said, you're, you're a facilitator. It's not that, you know, any more, any less than anyone else. You're just, you're really there to help make these connections happen. And you know, that, that is so important. And it really, it takes a special heart to do what you guys are doing and it is so appreciated. And I, I will definitely take those notes and uh, put it in our, our wish jar for our budget at Breast Friends. Um, we, I don't know if you guys saw, we just partnered with Good Sam, the roadside assistance company for RVs and cars, and they made a donation to help us move the office. So I don't know, maybe we could put together a proposal that, you know, we could rent, you know, get, they could give us an, a big RV, you know, for a weekend at the coast, not the same as a house, but you never know. <laughs> um, does anybody have like what any special memories that have just come from, from your groups, like, or any like special just standout occasions or people or, you know, something that really just warms your heart that's come from your GNO groups. Marianne, I'm going to put you on spot. <laughs> yeah, totally. So uh, this, it might sound a little strange that I use this situation, but um, when my, our, one of our members, Sharon, when she died, um, I, I felt it was an honor to be with her when she passed mm-hmm. and she had, she has children, you know, she had a significant other, but um, that, that moment probably sticks out in my head because I, she wasn't alone when she died, but I was Mm -hmm. just happy to be there to say goodbye and, and to let her go. There are some people that are so private with their cancer journey. We've had two people that we know die of cancer this year that we didn't even know had cancer. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, I feel like I've been robbed of saying goodbye but mm-hmm. for them, it's, you know, it's personal reasons. And obviously you respect that, but I just felt so happy that she wanted me there and she wanted me by her when she left this world. And it mm-hmm. was very, very special for me. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Debbie, what about you? Um, that's what I kind of want to add to like what Mary Ann mm-hmm. had, except that the two that we lost this year, one of them hit her daughter. Well, we went to see her a couple of times. Like I said, there's a couple of core that um, we do stuff together and they would, you know, ask, well, can you come visit us? So we went and visited um, Barb, one of ours that passed away, one of our ladies. And she, we visited her a couple of times before the end happened. And then when she did pass away, she had it pretty well planned out of what she wanted. And um, her daughter asked all of us that came those um, couple of times to speak at her funeral. And mm-hmm. that was really special, even though it was really hard. But um, And then also to the other one that we lost earlier in the year, Stacy, which I know you, I think you knew who that was too. Mm-hmm. Um, Ginger and I went and visited your husband, brought flowers and um, a little gift to him. And I don't know if you, if, um, if Ginger said anything, but it's like he invited us in and just yes. wanted to visit for a while. And I sent him all the photos um, that we had from, our get-togethers of different things um, that included his wife and stuff. I mean, it's just stuff like that that to me is the most memorable that we, we helped them and their family with, you know, getting through this tough time. Yes, uh, Ginger did tell me about that. And Stacy was such a wonderful, positive person. And definitely, I know she's missed. And But I think it's really, it's so impactful to show that her husband, was and and other family members from other women we've lost that they want you around because they know that how beneficial it has been for for everyone to be a part of these groups because it's uh, caregivers they they're they're lost as well they don't know really what to do that you know we're winging it as the patients but the 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 family members and the caregivers are often incredibly lost as well so by having these groups like the ones you guys lead it it kind of takes the weight off them a little bit because you know that your women in these groups they can share with you and they can share their frustrations and their fears and and they don't have to take it all home to their family all of the time now do any of you have any good words of wisdom say for someone who's newly diagnosed andy what about you i know it's been you probably have been diagnosed the most recently so um what, what would you tell the, to someone who's new to your group Um, I would tell them to make good connections and, uh, and to keep a journal. It's a good idea. I kept a journal, um, and I've never done this before, but I kept a journal throughout my, um, pink ribbon journey and it was really, really helpful to be able to, um, reflect and to communicate. Um, one of the things that I found was, was most challenging during my cancer journey was the people that I would have thought to be my network. Mm -hmm. Yes, it happens. And people that I had absolutely no inkling were going to be my rocks stepped up and, um, and were there for absolutely everything. So I would say, don't be alarmed. Um, be receptive 
and, uh, and ask for what you need. Right. Because other people just don't know unless they've been there. So Marianne, what about you? Anything last, last thoughts? Yeah, I would, I would definitely have them connect with breast friends. Um, There are so many, um, yeah, the, the mentor group that's going on, there are so many um, available programs there for them to take advantage of. And I know there are a lot of people that are hesitant about going to support groups because they've heard some negative things about them. Maybe they bash men or they bash their doctors, you know, whatever, but I would encourage them to seek a support group, whether it's an online support group or Mm -hmm. a support group in person that you can connect with and ask questions of and, and be there for you when your family can't, or if you have questions at two o'clock in the morning and you can't go to sleep, there's somebody that is going to be up somewhere when you do a little, you know, so just put a little post in your Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. In in the group, you know, so (laughs) it's, it's that, that part is awesome is that I, I didn't, I didn't know what a support group was. I had never been to one, but man, I sure enjoy it. And I look forward to it every month and I love all the women in my group. I love that. Thank you, Debbie. Last final thoughts. What would you, what would you share with our listeners? Um, I tell I say live, laugh, love, because I think we need to be, um, what, that's what I like about breast friends are so positive and we can still joke. I mean, we got to do what we can to get us through this tough time. And that's what I liked about breast friends is that they were very positive and very, um, and I think you can't take life for granted and we got to live life to the fullest and we don't want to curl up and give up or die. We got, we got to fight and we, you know, and try to be positive about it. I love that. I I was talking to someone recently and she was, before she was diagnosed, she was a single mom of three working two jobs. And she said until she got cancer, she was only surviving, not really living. And she has now just changed her entire life. She started her own nonprofit down in Southern California. She's a fellow podcast host and a co-author of a book. So like she and I are like sisters from another mister. But all of you, thank you so much for being here today. It has been such a pleasure to highlight your groups and what fabulous giving compassionate women that you all are. And I'm so thankful to know you and that breast friends is really lucky to have you. So thank you so much. Uh, Listeners, if you need our services, please go to our website, breastfriends.org. You can donate there as well, or by texting BF radio to four one four 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 to ensure that no woman goes through cancer alone. Our show is available on many platforms, Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel, or search Breast Friends wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, you can email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org to be a guest or share your story. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.